The following podcast is sponsored by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based near Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about how Endgame PR can help your business with media relations, social media management, content creation, and even podcast production, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. One of my friends last week, uh, when John Chaney died, put up a great video that's on YouTube of John Chaney talking about how if you, you know, one of the ways you can reach young kids. And he was talking to a bunch of coaches. It's about talking about discipline and how discipline is a higher form of intelligence. That if you can be disciplined, you can. If a kid's disciplined, you can tell him that he is an intelligent kid and that that is something that can serve him and go far. I bring that up because a lot of what I'm going to talk about in this in this uh, in this video and in this Rams rewind today is about Bones Highland and that. Think about a year ago when he had to run point, especially at the end of the season. I mean, he would get his points, but the offense did not look good and the team struggled down the stretch. And, you know, that was a contribution. That was a factor in the team really going sideways at the end of the year. And then think about the circumstances leading up to this game. I don't know how big a story it was beyond our our fan group. I don't know if it was a big story all over – uh, the, the sort of the Twitter sphere and social media for VCU fans. I don't know if it reached uh, the media in Richmond, if it was something that a lot of people talked about, but we all saw it about Bones Highland and where he was projected and, you know, possibly high second round, late first round choice. He was retweeting it. There were so many things that, that could have put Bones Highland sideways here. And then think about the circumstances of the game. This is a team that's that's lost some of its backcourt depth because Trey Clark's no longer on the team. It's lost some of its frontcourt depth because Corey, Corey Douglas is injured is on the sideline, couldn't play. Ace Baldwin goes to the bench with two fouls and I think only plays six minutes in the first half. I'll get that back up, the box score back up, because I that was, you know. Uh, and, and remember, you know, Ace Baldwin's kind of been this team's metronome. Uh uh, when he's when he's not been on the floor, played five and a half minutes in the first half, and no assists and two turnovers. So think of all of that. Think of all of that, and think about Bones Highland and what a great scorer he is, and sometimes how he feels like he's got to do it himself. He's got to take it on himself. Bones Highland could have shot this team out of the game yesterday against Dayton. Dayton comes out hot, firing bullets, and you knew they would. It was embarrassing the way they got beaten Richmond against VCU. You knew that Anthony Grant was talking about that. I guarantee you they had to watch a tape of that game or watch some of the highlights of that game leading up to this week. And how do you think they felt? Proud team like them, good team like them, getting shoe-shined and hot-walked and danced all over by VCU. You knew they were going to come out and they were going to be looking to stick it to VCU and they were going to be hot to do it. And they make five of their first six shots. And you got all these other things happening. 
And Bones Highland could have got caught up in it. He could have said, I need, you know, Crutcher makes his first two shots of the game. It's it's five points, which is more than he had in the whole game uh, the last time. Bones Highland could have got caught up in all of that. He could have said, I got to do this and I got to jack shots up. Instead, in the first 20 minutes, this is his line. One for three from the field. One for one from three. Two for two from the foul line. Uh, Let's see here. Three boards. Three assists, five points, no turnovers, one steal. For me, this is this is one of, if not Bones Highland's finest hour. And you want to talk about, you know, some of the members of our group wanted to talk about his draft situation and how I would view his draft. I would, if I was in his camp and I was trying to get him drafted high and I wanted to show something to to, to GMs and scouts and coaches about the kind of a person Bones Highland is maturing into and turning into is just a sophomore. I'd show him the first 20 minutes of his half because he played every second. He was getting double teamed. They were going to make damn sure that Bones Highland was not going to go off in this game. They've seen him. They saw what he did at Rhode Island, hit the big three at 24. Had the big game in the first game against Dayton. They were not having it, Dayton. Anthony Grant was not going to let it happen. We're doubling him. We're doing this. We're getting into it. We're getting into his face. We're not giving him these open threes. And look, the one shot he made, I really don't think he wanted to take. He had to take it because it was the shot clock was down, and he you know, jacks it up from 35, and it goes in. Bones Highland put the team, put his teammates – above himself he 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 played with discipline he thought about he thought about everybody else and not him and that first half i'd show that tape because the kind of player that can stick in this lead if they're not the biggest if they're not the best defensive player and he's actually a very good defensive player we'll talk about that in a minute how do you stick in the lead if you've got a slight frame and you're only 63 and you're not a true point guard, which is all those things that would be strikes against Bones Highland. He's not as big as some two guards. He's, he's an explosive scorer, but you wonder about him physically handling it, even in an era where you've got Steph Curry and Trey Young. You worry about if he plays point, is he going to be a facilitator and distributor sort of in the way Harden has become in Brooklyn, or is he going to be like Harden in Houston where he just didn't care and took all the shots and whatever? Sean Bones Highland showed you maturity. He showed you uh, evolution in his game in the first half. But most of all, he showed you that winning is more important than what than whatever stats he gets. Because he could have he could have taken thirteen or fourteen shots in that first half, and maybe a few people like me and a few others would have said boo about it. But most people would have said nothing. He could have been two for four. He could have been three or four or five for 14. He could have been one for six from three. They could have been down 10 or 15. They could have been buried in that game. Didn't happen because that young man understands, no, understood the situation, did not force things, played to the way the game was, the game was going, made sure to get his teammates the ball, Made sure to 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 keep the offense humming. Think of this. Bones Highland has five points 
Ace Baldwin has two fouls, two turnovers, no assists, three points at halftime. If I had told you that before this game had started, you would anybody listening to this video, anybody watching this video in the fan group or listening to this on Rams Rewind would have said, we are in trouble. And I would have said, we are in trouble. Instead, VCU took Dayton's absolute best shot in the first half. They had to take a standing eight a few times. And guess what happened? VCU was ahead at halftime. And that, and, and that to me, is primarily down to Bones Highland and the intelligence he showed and the discipline he showed. And you want to play at a high level? You want to play at the highest level? That's, that's how you can do it. That's how you can stay in the league, even if it's as a backup, even if it's a guy that's only coming off the bench. You can make a good living in the NBA and stay in this league doing the kinds of things Bones Highland did in the first half. This was his one of his finest hours in a VCU uniform. And I say that knowing full well and hoping full well and believing full well that there are finer hours to come this season and hopefully in the next season if he doesn't leave. But I just – I listened to the game yesterday and I was proud of Bones Highland and the way he played. And then I watched it and looked at the box score and looked at the first half box score and my appreciation only grew. This was absolutely outstanding. This was this was a monument to putting your putting everybody else before yourself and doing what it takes to win, and that's what he did, and that's why they won this game. Now let's I'll get to the second half with him in a minute, and I'll get to Vince Williams in a minute because Vince Williams was amazing. But I want to point this out too. He said, "Put me on Crutcher," because he and Baldwin and Clark when he was here. And and, uh, and I think even Curry, all of them took turns on Crutcher, did a great job in the first half. Crutcher makes his first two shots in the game, gets five points, which is more than he had in the first game. So you think, oh, man, Jalen Crutcher's going to get his own back. Jalen Crutcher made one field goal the rest of the game. The next time he made a field goal, there was four minutes left and 4.51 left, and that was the last point that Dayton scored. He did have eight assists. It's a fair play to Crutcher there. He kind of let the game come to him in a sense, although he was 3 of 11 from the field. So think of that. Think of that. He missed eight shots in a row. Then made his final shot, I think it was. Well, he might have missed one out of that. I don't know. But he made one for nine to end the game. So he did get his assists, one for nine to end the game against one of the best guards in this league. Take a bow, Bones Highland. That defensive intensity, that's also going to get you in the league and keep you there. All right, so what else? So having said all that, uh, let's talk about Bones Highland's second half real quick just to say this. So Dayton makes a run at him. Dayton makes a run at him in the second half after VCU's pretty much been in control of it. Uh, and, and that's the other thing. I want to say this too. VCU getting the lead at halftime, I felt really took must have deflated Dayton. They did grab the lead twice in the second half, but it was very brief. They had it at 44-43. Uh, BCU immediately comes down, and Ward gets a stick back to put him ahead. Uh, Weaver puts him up 46-45 with 17 minutes left. Stockard immediately next possession scores, driving layup. Stockard also, again, another fantastic game. But BCU never really pulls away, but you sense that they're mostly in control, and then we get to the key point. Twice Dayton had a chance to take the lead after Watson hits a three at 65-66. BCU. 
you know, Baldwin misses a shot that kind of looked like a turnover. And then they had another turnover. And you're thinking you're, and they look like they're going to, they're going to score and get the lead. First of all, transition defense, f- excellent from VCU, huge in that. And then Hakilan comes down and he makes, and he gets a layup. Excuse me. Actually, no, I've, I've, I'm looking at that wrong. So yeah, the Crutcher makes the, makes the field goal of 441 to get it to 68, 67. That's after Highland got it to 68, 65. And they did that. And then Highland comes down and bang a three and then gets that layup. And it's pretty much ball game over after that. And Highland in the second half, tremendous, you know, scores the last seven, seven straight points just like that. Ends up with 14 in the second half, uh, two boards, outstanding, outstanding. Baldwin too in the second half. Uh, you know, one of the one of the criticisms we had was, you know, when Baldwin sits a long time, he can't get the rhythm of the game back, and he really struggles. Not true last night. Seven points, three assists, a couple boards, two steals in the second half. Absolutely outstanding from Ace Baldwin in the second half, and they needed it. They needed it, but they took Dayton's best shot, and Highland comes through, scored seven straight points, ball game. And think of this, too. Vince Williams. Let's talk about Vince Williams before I get to the other thing I was going to mention. Vince Williams had to be huge in that first half, getting not much from Highland because they're taking him away. You know, ball was not on the floor. Vince Williams, 13 at the half, and those back-to-back three-pointers that was, for me, that's where the game turned. That is where the game turned because Williams hits those two three-pointers and VCU gets their nose in front for the first time at 39-38. And that, to me, is where the game turned. And square to the basket, context of the offense, the the work he's done to improve his three-point shooting, People I saw, I saw in the group that people posting about comeback player of the year. No, 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 no. Most improved. If there is a most improved player, and I don't know if conference, college conferences give that out. It's, that's an award that's in the NBA. I'm not sure it's in college. If there's a most improved player in the A-10, it's Vince Williams's award, period. There can't be anybody, possibly, there cannot be anybody that's improved as much as he has. I, I, just, I was just, what a game he had overall. And then, of course, he, he cans that three at the end. To finish him off, uh, he has 19 points of five of eight from three. And that's the other thing. Defense. They had that start dating that they had five out of six. They were 17 to 39 in the rest of the game. And think about the ends of both halves. Dayton doesn't score a point for four for the last, I think it's 441. Yeah, uh, uh, Brea hits the three at 455. The last 455 of the first half. And the last 441 of the second half, upkiss, zip, nothing. VCU playing great defense. And it just, this win, I mean, again, when you throw the circumstances up that they were facing, the shorter bench, uh, Baldwin going to the going to the going to the bench and sitting, you know. For pretty much the entire first half, you know, after the first five and a half minutes, he sits the rest of the first half, and they find a way to win this game. And yeah, E.B. Watson went off and he had 20. That was a consequence of them putting the stop on Crutcher. I mean, basically, 
the second half was all Watson and Shimanga. The rest of the team made two field goals the second half. Uh, what does that tell you? Uh, but this was just this was just a tremendous victory from so many angles. 15 assists, eight turnovers, 15 assists on 27 made field goals. That's running great offense. First half, they make all eight free throws. Jameer Watkins, we hadn't mentioned him. Jameer Watkins makes all six free throws in the first half, and that that's why they were in front. That's why they weren't behind. They went to the foul line eight times, made them all. Dayton gets three more foul shots but only gets one more point. That is big. Uh, the rebounds kind of went against them in the second half, but some of that's a consequence of VCU shot 50% from the field. They did a great job, 12 of 23 from three-point line. Their offense, you think about the Rhode Island game and how frustrated I was and how at times it was just one guy trying to do it all. There was none of that tonight. They moved without the basketball. They set the screens. They made the hard cuts. They played for each other on the offensive end time and again. And the offense, you saw what it looked like. And, of course, if you haven't seen it yet, maybe you, you probably will have if you've if you get this video whenever you get it. But if you haven't seen it in the group yet, when I did VCU by the numbers, VCU had a big jump up in the Ken Pomeroy stats. Why? Their offense made a huge jump, and this game was part of that. 50% from the field, 50% from three, missed one foul shot the whole game, and that was Highland when he had three free throws in the second half. He made two out of three. That was it. They only had 11 free throws, had 10 for 11. So, again, continuing to increase their percentage. Uh, which is among the best in the conference. You know, this eight turnovers. Eight turnovers for the whole game. VCU did that. Eight turnovers in nine steals. Peyton had only one steal the entire game. That is it. I mean, this this is really – again, I didn't think we'd see a better win than R- Rhode Island, and I feel like in a lot of ways this tops it, but I don't want to, you know, be a prisoner of the moment on that either. Because they had to fight some things in that game too, including themselves. But this was, you know, they were facing a team that's a good team that was out for blood, out for their blood in particular. Uh, and they took their best shot. They took their best shot in the first half. They were down eight. They came back, got the lead at halftime. They took their best shot in the second half. Dayton had the ball down one with a chance to take the lead three times. One of those was on a turnover. They don't let it happen, and then Highland wins the game for them. You know, finishes the game off for them. Uh, just, just fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned Levi Stockard. Five out of six from the field, ten points. Uh, he did a he did a fabulous job tonight. Those elbow jumpers, he loves them. He absolutely loves them. Hassan Ward, you didn't notice him. You don't notice him much uh, in the box score, but four assists. First of all, hello, Hassan Ward. And getting more assists than Baldwin or Highland, and only only Crutcher got more than him. How about that? How about the passing from the big man playing great defense too? And that was something that the the radio announcers uh, for VCU that I was listening to made sure to point out. Hassan Ward, and it doesn't always show up in the box store. He didn't have a steal. He did have a couple of block shots, but he didn't have a steal. But he's playing. He's out there. He's guarding people away away from the basket. He's not letting Shimanga push him around for the most part, although Shimanga had a really good second half uh, there. Asan Ward did a fabulous job. Uh, it was great to see Banks get some minutes, get some good minutes, and get the three. Watkins, again, the six free throws and playing over 20 minutes. 
That was big. That was big. Even Brown Jones got in the act, hit three. Uh, that was the one he got the members bounce. I think it bricked. It went straight up in the air and fell through. I couldn't believe that. Uh, you know, so VCU did have some things that go their way, but this this was this really was the fifth road win in conference play. Think of that: five road wins in conference play. You know, that's that's you got to win it. You got to win to do that to win a championship. And they're now right there. They're right there. And now we get we get the thing we didn't think we were going to get until the tournament. We get a second crack at St. Bonaventure. What a gigantic game for first place in the conference. And look, I you know, this was a great win. And I, I imagine the celebrations on the plane were really good. But I know this. I, I hope Mike Rhodes shows them that second half and shows St. Bonaventure kind of doing to them what what VCU did to Dayton in the first game shows all those dunks and and ones and all that other stuff. It's time VCU's got to get their own back here. Not just because not just because that second half was so embarrassing and so bad and and is right now the low point of the season by a long way, but of course the tiebreaker. I mean, if they don't win this game, you could pretty much forget about winning the regular season championship because then you got to win every other game and you got to hope St. Bonaventure is going to lose at least twice. And that's a lot to ask, and especially it's a lot to ask when VCU still got to play Richmond, which is for on is on for now. They still got to play St. Louis, which is on for now. They still got to go to Davidson, which is on for now, and maybe maybe we'll end up playing a home and home with Day- Davidson instead of playing that third game with Dayton uh, to, to end the season. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all those things, you know. This and of course, I bring that up because. We think there's going to be a tournament, but let's face it: if if the goal is to get as many conference regular season games in as possible, they're not. They never. They may decide not to have the tournament just so St. Louis, Richmond, some of these other schools can get games in. Um, and I and I'll tell you, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to that, and just giving the auto bid to the conference winner and going from there. Um, and that's got to be something that the A10 has at least got to think about. I know they wouldn't want to do it because, again, even though you won't have fans there, you make a lot of money from the tournament because it's a lot of games on TV. It's usually on you know two or three different television networks and the finals on CBS, and you don't want to miss out on that. But I think it's something that they've got to consider. So winning that regular, winning that regular season could even be more important this year because it could be an auto-bid situation. But I, I just – I can't, I can't praise enough this team, uh, the the how hard they played, the way they played as a team, uh, the way they fought they fought adversity that was that was stuff that they really couldn't control. You know, Douglas getting hurt, whatever happened with Trey Clark, you know, Baldwin, you know, makes some rookie mistakes, and oh yeah, and let's and let's talk about this too. So they also survived. Right at the end of the game, and God, if it had cost him, it would have been terrible. You know, Baldwin fouls Crutcher, 40-some feet for the basket. And again, time and score. You're up six. There's less than two minutes left. You can't be giving away nickel dimers and putting people on the foul line. And then they don't know that it's a one-and-one, or they forget that it's a one-and-one, even though it's only the seventh foul. And Ward gets Crutcher's miss, and and I I guess he just – I mean, he just tried to hand it to the ref. And the ref knew what was going on, gets out of the way, it's out of bounds. That'd be a lesson. That's a good lesson to learn. And it's a great lesson to learn because it didn't cost anything. 
You hand the ball to the ref when he asks you to. And you don't have and until he asks you to, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do that. So remember that, Hassan Ward. Thankfully, we could chalk that up to experience. That was pretty much the only mistake Ward or Baldwin really made in this game, especially in the second half, was those two errors back to back. And it didn't cost VCU, which was awesome. What a performance and what a game to have to go into the game against St. Bonaventure, which I mean, again, it, it's not it's not a conference tournament final, obviously, and it's a home game with you know three hundred fans, whatever. God, can we can we just can we just get a waiver for a thousand fans? Can we just get some students in there? Can we get some extra help, some extra people in there, just, even, just for this game? It's so big, it's so huge for us. Let's get some extra people in there for this game because uh, it's so massive. But this. It almost feels like a tournament final because really, you know, the winner, the VCU wins, they don't lose the tiebreaker with St. Bonaventure and they lead them by one in the loss column. If St. Bonaventure wins, then effectively VCU's a game and a half or two games behind St. Bonaventure. And, and, it, and it makes it very unlikely that they're going to get over them in the conference and standings. And of course, you know, who knows if they're even going to play the same amount of games, whether winning percentage is going to take into account. We don't know that because the A-10 said nothing at this point. Hopefully, and I've mentioned this before, but hopefully they're getting their act together on that and figuring out what they're going to do to try to make it as equitable, especially for the teams that have played a lot of games. You know, Because it's not even VCU. VCU's only played nine, but Dayton's played 12. They could actually finish their schedule maybe. Uh, you know, LaSalle, some of these other ones, uh, let me look at the standings. You know what? Let me look at the standings real quick. Uh, you know, a few of these other teams that have played a lot of games. Hopefully, you know, if we can get another game in that spot where we were going to play Dayton again and we play Richmond for the second time and we play, you know, uh, Fordham a second time or whoever, hopefully we can get close to that. But it's like I'm, I'm thinking more of the teams like Rhode Island, Dayton's played double-digit games. Duquesne's on pause, but they've played 11 conference games. Rhode Island's played 13. It's the most. LaSalle's played 13. St. Bonaventure's played 10. We've played nine. I'm thinking about I don't want those teams that have done their level best, and maybe they've had some luck in their direction. That's fine, but they've done their level best to fulfill their schedule, to be shafted by teams that have been pausing and pausing and pausing and are only going to play half the conference games maybe, or, or 10 of them, or 11 of them. Because that's not right. And that's why a minimum games uh, standard, I think, needs to be in for the conference tournament. Because, uh, because you know, we got to get these teams' uh, rear ends in gear here. Especially St. Louis, who's sitting on three. Uh, and uh, Richmond, who's sitting on six. GW's on five games played. Uh, they got to get their stuff going. So that's it. I am doing my level best to try to switch shifts so I can get Friday off because I absolutely – I cannot wait for Friday in that game. It's one of the big regular, biggest regular season games for VCU for quite a while. Um, it's, just, it's just massive from a load of perspectives. We don't, as yet, I think have a quad one win. I was looking at our net uh, this morning for the VCU by the numbers. And, well, actually, we do now, and I'm guessing that's Utah State. I'm guessing Utah State's made it to the top 50, yeah. Utah State sitting on 50, so that's a quad one win by the hair on our chinny-chin-chin. And hopefully, you know, Rhode Island can maybe get there. 
Uh, let's see, where did, where did Rhode Island? Rhode Island's at 88 now, so they got to do some business to get there. But hopefully Rhode Island can get there on the road. Hopefully Dayton can get there on the road. Let's see, where's Dayton after they uh, after they lost yesterday? I thought Dayton was uh, – was, Dayton's 91, so they got to do some business to get there as well. But hopefully Dayton gets there on the road. Uh, but the Bonnies, I think, will be because I – oh, no, Bonnies wouldn't be as of now because it's a home game. Uh, they're 39, so it could be if they were to beat them. They could end up getting to the top 30, who knows. But, you know, there's opportunities here. There's 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 big-time opportunities here, uh, and, and St. Bonaventure's another one. But it's, it's about winning that regular season because, again, we don't know if there's going to be a tournament. We assume there's going to be because they've announced one and all that. We, we don't know that there's going to be. And, and I would like VCU to act as if it's not going to be and do what their level best to get these games played, to hopefully get to 18 conference games, and to hopefully be the team at the top when it's all left standing. So St. Bonaventure on Friday, as of now I am working, I am going to do everything I can to switch my shift, to get Friday off, to watch this game live with everybody uh, because it's just, it's just so massive and I can't wait for it. Uh, to sum it up, Bones Highland – Amazing, disciplined, team or team oriented, sacrificing his own game. Like I said, that first twenty minutes, and I know he only had five points, but that first twenty minutes, that that is just about his finest hour in in, in VCU black and gold, as far as I'm concerned. But again, I do expect there be to be finer hours than that coming. Uh, just a wonder, uh, Bones Highland, you are an absolute wonder, and and what you did uh, in that first half yesterday. Uh, that is going to stand. That's going to stand with anything uh, that you do at this university, as far as I'm concerned. That was that was fantastic, and and it's because you put everybody else first, and that's 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 a great in basketball and in life. You know, putting others first is is a great way to live a good life and to be a great great basketball player. So thank you all very much for listening. Hopefully, see you Friday. Either way, there'll be a Rams rewind after the St. Bonaventure game and one where we're hopefully celebrating a great victory. Thank you all for listening. Rate, review, subscribe if you're listening on uh, on Podbean or Apple Podcast or whatever. Rate, review, subscribe. Share it around. Tell your friends. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. Talk to you later. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.